Alright, welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and... Quentin. Alright. Uh, <clears throat> I'll talk about some uh, NBA. They're 20, some teams are 23 games in now. And so, so far the Celtics, the Bucks, the Magic... And the Sixers all look like the uh, best teams in the East. You have the Pacers kind of hanging around there, thirteen and nine. The Knicks, the Heat, the Nets, the Cavaliers, and the Raptors are in the tenth spot with a losing record. But uh, I think that. Uh, your top teams right now are, are definitely the Celtics, the Bucks, the Magic, and the Sixers. So I'm actually surprised about the Magic because they have been maintaining their record. They are 16 and seven, which is tied with the 76ers. They're on a two-game win streak, so they're doing really good. They've lost a few, but I mean that's not bad, and they're maintaining that that record. They've got some pretty good wins, so. Magic look to be a competitor in the East, for sure. They're the you got the Bucks at seventeen and seven, the Magic at sixteen and seven, and the Sixers at sixteen and seven. And they're only two games behind the Celtics, who are eighteen and five. So, I mean, and they're tied. The Bucks right now, the Bucks, the Magic, and the Sixers are all tied. The Bucks are aren't technically tied because they are seventeen and seven, so they're only a game and a half behind. But they all have the same amount of losses, seven losses. So, you know, that's uh, the Magic are looking really, really good this year. Looking like they're really going to be a uh, a good team in the playoff. But for now, I mean, at least for the first quarter of the season, for sure, they look like they're definitely they're definitely maintaining what they're doing. And so I think that's kind of a testament to that. Uh, organization because they they're kind of up and down but you know in the early 90s when they put together Penny, Shaq, Nick Anderson, Dennis Scott you know some were trades some were draft picks and they made a run to the finals and they made several runs in the playoffs then they made the the playoffs a few times with Tracy McGrady and then you had the Dwight Howard teams which are Mary Nielsen, Richard Lewis, Dwight Howard who made a run to the finals, right? So the Magic do put good teams together, you know, here and there. They haven't, they've never won a finals yet, but they definitely are, are competitive from time to time. And I think this is going to be one of those times, one of those seasons where they're going to be competitive in the East. Yeah, every time the like, uh, not the Lakers, the Magic have put up, uh, have had, have built a good team. They've just been just one, this one. A uh, little inch short of getting a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they made a run to the finals two times and they lost both times. I mean, just mm-hmm. just a couple inches short of getting that championship. Just can't get it. Like every time I build a good team, but uh, you know, I think right now looks like the Magic are gonna be those teams back in the nineties. Uh, in the early 2000s, where they uh, built a good team, made lots of trades, had some draft picks, um, 
And I think that the Magic are going to make a run to the playoffs, just like those teams mm-hmm. back in the 90s and the early 2000s. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think that they're, um, they're getting there. Yeah, I don't think they're the threat to make the finals yet. Maybe not no, even no. the conference finals, but no. I, I'm with you. I think they're building a really good team there. I think they're building. A, they have a really good culture going on right now. Jamal Lewis seems to be a really good coach. Those players have. Uh, I'm sorry, not Jamal Lewis. Uh, Mosley, Coach Mosley, they seem to have really bought into his system, um, and his style of play. And yeah, they look really good. I think they're building something special there. We'll see if they can finish it off with uh, one more, you know, good player in that round in that uh, rotation. Maybe they can pick up a good free agency pickup this year, or you know, something of that nature. I know that team's mostly young, so they're probably going to have a lot of uh, cap money this summer. So we'll see what they do with it. Um. Yeah. I mean, their team's really young. You know, they don't have. That many old players besides some veterans like you got Joe Ingles, mm-hmm. who's been playing in the league for a little bit. Um, yeah, but they kind of have a young team out there, and I mean these young players are putting on a show mm-hmm. for the NBA world because um, I think they've they've been having good draft picks because you know they drafted Franz Wagner who's uh, good player, Paolo Bencaro. Uh Yeah, I've definitely been excited for that duo, Paolo Bencaro and, and Franz Wagner. They have, they definitely have gelled well together. I definitely agree with that. And they're young, both of them, uh, and they both look like they've step taken a step forward this year again. So absolutely, yeah, those two look great. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, actually, kind of fun to watch. They both handle the ball well. They both pass the ball extremely well. Uh, both can rebound and play defense. Uh, and obviously both of them can go off at any time. We've seen them both go off on offense. Wagner with his 30-point games and then Boncaro with 30- and 40-point games. So, you know, both of them pretty pretty decent players. Both of them uh, play both ends of the floor and, and play really hard. Definitely, I, I definitely enjoy watching them play. Yeah. Um. I think that the Magic are really good team this year. Mm-hmm. I think what they've been able to do with these young players is um unlock their abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, at especially at a young age, like you know you. Usually, you don't see players um at a young age, at least twenty or older. Well, mm-hmm. less than 25 years old, you know, do this good. I mean, yeah. you got Shaq doing that. Jamal Mosley's definitely yeah. done a really good job, yeah, at, at developing them. Yes, definitely putting them in a a good – putting them in good situations with play. Him and his staff have done a really good job of putting them in good situations to be successful. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got barely any players, probably NBA history, who have never – done a great job especially at a very young age like uh Shaq's rookie year he he was a great player Mm -hmm. and I think that the magic 
really unlocking these young guys' abilities. Uh, Cole Anthony has been a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got uh, 20-point games, some pretty good games that he's had. Uh, you got, um, I think Gary Harris. Eh, he's been doing okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean. Cole Anthony's taking a step forward this year. Um, gotten to see a couple of games, and, uh, I'm definitely impressed with the way that Cole Anthony stepped up off the bench. Him and Mo Wagner. Mo Moise Wagner's been huge. Him and Cole Anthony have been huge for the Magic this year. Um, the way that both of them, the energy they both bring off the bench and the energy they bring to the second, second, string, second string team, you know, they come in like they, I think that both of them have done outstanding you know, on that second unit and filling in. Bataze's done great filling in for Wendell Carter, who's been down all season with an injury. Morris Wagner's another name that has been really good. You know, he's got uh, 20 point games Mm -hmm. coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got 20 point games. He's got, he's gotten close to 30, but he's, Mostly he's gotten 20-point games. Um, I mean, especially that game against the Celtics where he got 27 points off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. You know, he, he's, ha- he's been having uh, these big, game, big games uh, off the bench. And I think that he might... I think the Magic should consider him maybe a starter. Because he's looking like he should have a starting position. Uh, no, I, I like position. his energy. I like his energy off the bench. Because um, you can't, you need players like that off the bench. So, ever since his Michigan days, like, Moeitz Wagner has um, embraced the villain role. And he really, really brings that energy off the bench, you know, in the second unit. And you need players like that. So I, me, nope. I I I like him where he's at in that second unit. You know, because you you need players when your starters are off the floor who can carry the game for those short amount of times until they can get back in, or you need somebody who can help Bancaro with some of the scoring load while Franz is on the bench, right, resting. So I definitely like Moitz in that backup role. I think he's doing great with it. I think he's owned it I think I think he's he's shown a lot of uh, a lot of hustle and a lot of uh, motivation and I, and I like what he brings to that second unit same thing with Cole Anthony he when he first got drafted they had him as a starter but I think he's a way better second unit player because when the the starter goes out he he steps in and it's like you don't lose anything at that guard position because Cole Anthony can light you up you know he can get hot at any time. So I like both of those guys off the bench. I think that they bring a fire off the bench, and I think it's really helpful for the Magic to have those two coming off the bench. Keep in mind, Markel Fultz hasn't even played yet this season due to an injury, so when he comes back, they're going to be even tougher in that starting lineup. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, he hasn't played yet. Um, I'll have to look. I'm not sure when he's supposed to come back, but he, he's uh, been out for an injury. I just want to take a look at it. He hasn't played since the Mexico City game against Atlanta. Sheesh. Yep. Yeah, so he hasn't played all year. Um, I'll look a little bit at Franz Wagner here. So he stepped it up this year. So far, 23 games. So he's scoring 20.6 points per game. There's several 30-point games in there. He's averaging 5.7 rebounds per game. 50.4% effective field goal percentage. 3.7 assists. And one one point uh, steals per game. That's that is not bad um, for you know Mo or Franz Wagner. He's really taking a step forward this year because I believe I have to go back and look, but I believe he averaged eighteen points a game last year. So again, he's he's taking a step forward. Um, he's definitely doing a lot better. As far as that goes, than he was last year. That's that's pretty significant. I have to see what his rebounds were last year, but I think that five point seven is an improvement for him. And if you go back and look at Paulo Bancaro, you know, again he's you got two players that that can kill you, and so he's averaging twenty point seven points per game, which is just slightly more than Franz. 6.8 rebounds, which is almost a, what is it, one full rebound more than Franz, 4.5 assists, 52.9 effective field goal percentage, 1.0 steals a game, the same. That's that's pretty, you know, that's pretty good between the two of them. Like the two of them account for an average of 40 points per game of the average of the Maver or the Mavericks, the Magic's points. That's that's what you want from your star duo, right? Franz and, and Paolo Bancaro, so you know they're averaging what uh, thirteen rebounds per game between the two of them, fourteen rebounds between the two of them. That's that's pretty significant too. Like that's that's what you want. That's what you want out of your stars. Um, so they're building the team around Bancaro and uh, Franz. So you know those two are doing their part. They just need everybody else to to step up and, and do their part and so far everybody has you know they've lost a couple games I was surprised they lost to the Brooklyn Nets twice I oh. thought they should have beat the Brooklyn Nets yeah I think but. the Brooklyn Nets have kind of been a tough team for them and I mean I don't know why but I think it's always against the Brooklyn Nets where they need to mm -hmm. have better defense because every time I lose to Brooklyn Nets, it's like a blowout, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I let me check back. I see that Fultz is uh, getting better, and so he's day-to-day he's -day now, so he should be back any time. I do want to take a move on a bit here to the Boston Celtics because so this is a team, some of the moves they made in the offseason, they got rid of some of their players. And the players that they moved on from were some of their defensive stalwarts, right? Marcus Smart, mm -hmm. uh, Grant Williams. And so I was wondering how that was going to work because they got um, they got a center from the um, Wizards or the Washington, yeah, Washington Wizards. Kristaps um, Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis. They got Kristaps Porzingis. And so what I was 
wondering what so Porzingis is definitely Porzingis could definitely get you points right we know he's a scorer we know that he can get hot he can shoot it from the outside he can do in the you know a little bit in the post but for me the defense is what I was looking for because I know he's a little bit of a he's not a crazy defensive liability but he definitely gives up some in the defense but so far, the moves they made have worked for them. They are 18-5, and five, and it's working. And they look like the best team in the East currently. Uh, so that's I was, I was interested how that dynamic would work because I also know that Jalen Brown is probably their best defensive player right now left on that team. And I know Jason Tatum is... He goes missing on defense a lot um, in games, so he's not the greatest defensive player. He's not really a two-way player at all. Offensively, he's inconsistent, but when he's on, I'll say he is deadly from anywhere on the floor. When he's on fire, man, he is on fire. My my thing with him though is is he almost gives up as many points as he scores, and that you don't you don't want that. So. They are 18 and five though, so it's working for them. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But right now, they average 117.3 points per game, and they give up 108.9. So there's only a nine point difference there. So that's interesting to me. However, if you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they're a little worse than that. They score 123 points per game and give up 119 so yeah i guess it it is what it is but that's another team the bucks where i thought it would would take some time for damian lillard and the bucks team to kind of mesh but they're really starting to mesh now and they're they're coming around they're 17 and 7 and uh, i think that just early prediction here for me, I think the conference finals in the East are going to come down to the Bucks and the Celtics. Just, you know, right now, just a future prediction. That could change as the season goes along because, as we know, anything can change due to injuries or anything else. But just based off what I've seen and, you know, what's there, I think the Celtics and the Bucks are the best two teams with the Magic and the Sixers kind of on the next tier right behind them. And then you have the rest of the East. You could probably throw all the rest of the teams, the Pacers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Nets, the Cavaliers, and the Raptors, in a, the names in a hat and draw one out and be the next best team, right? They're all in a tier together. That's kind of how I see the East. Um, what do you think? Um, when you say injuries... Um... That reminded me that, uh, you know, I haven't really seen Damian Lillard play much this season uh, because of injuries. And I think that will probably affect the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in several several ways. One, because they traded Drew Holiday away, so they don't have someone to back up uh, Lillard. Yeah, Drew Holiday's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, 
I guess they don't have Chris Middleton anymore. So... Yeah, Chris Middleton's there. Is he hurt? He's still there. I don't see him on their roster. Oh. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's just hurt. I think he's hurt. I, th- I think he's injured. I I think a couple weeks ago, you, I, I'll have to look how far back, but I think a couple weeks ago, he went out with an injury, but he's still there. That's what I'm saying. If they get healthy and they're all on the floor together, I, the Bucks are going to be hard to beat because you, you got – See, the Bucks did what the Lakers need to do with LeBron because they know that, although sometimes Giannis can hit some some jumpers and, and some three-pointers, they know that's not his forte, right? They know that he's not going to hit those dagger shots most of the time because that's not his game. That's not who he is. He's the guy, kind of guy that's going to bully you in the post and hit you know a, a, a jump shot on you that's probably inside the three-point line, you know, not too far out. And what they did was they surrounded him with shooters. Chris Middleton, um, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday before that. Drew Holiday's a decent shooter, right? And so the Milwaukee Bucks get it. They know what Giannis's strengths and weaknesses are, and they play to his strengths, and they build the team. To... Brooke Lopez, a decent outside shooter, is a big man, right? He's hit a couple of threes. For them in crunch time and so they know that and what they do is they surround Giannis which they should with shooters and it spreads the floor for him so Giannis has all the space he needs to work in the post and that's why the Bucks are successful and that's why I think they're going to be successful as long as they stay healthy they're going to be successful in the postseason because they know how to win with Giannis they know Giannis needs floor spacing so what did they do they went out and got another floor spacer for him. You know, Damon Lillard's one of the better shooters in the league. So now you got Chris Middleton, who's, who's a a good shooter. You got Damian Lillard, who's a good shooter. Um, I'll have to go back through their roster. Who else they got here? Um, like they they surrounded Giannis with shooters, and that's what they should have done. And you know, Pat Connington, decent shooter. I mean, Cameron Payne, okay shooter from the outside. Like you, you Jay Crowder can hit a three pointer here and there. Like he's not any slouch either. You know, you you went out and you you did what you know is going to help your star player, Giannis. You're going to spread the floor for him and let him go to work in the post, and that's where he's his, at his best. And this is what I felt like the Lakers should have did for LeBron. Like they need floor spacers for him and AD because they're both inside players so they need that space to work so I think the Milwaukee Bucks are doing the right thing to make Giannis successful who thought the 76ers would be better with addition by subtraction right they get rid of James Harden they're better that's crazy but they are they're playing better they're more cohesive um, man, it's starting to look like James Harden is a cancer <laughs> on any team he's on, which is crazy because he's such a good player. It doesn't uh, mesh well with teammates, I guess. Want to uh, shift on over here to the Western Conference, man? If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Minnesota Timberwolves would be leading that 
conference, I would have told you you're insane. I would have told you put the crack pipe down. But they are still in the lead of that conference, and it is the it, it it's they're eighteen and five. The next closest team to them are the Nuggets at seventeen and nine. Seventeen and nine. Let that sink in for a minute. Seventeen and nine. Then you got the Thunder at fifteen and eight. In third place, you got the Mavericks at fifteen and nine in fourth place. Then you got the Kings at fourteen and nine in fifth place. And then you have the Lakers at fifteen and ten in sixth place. <clears throat> and then the Clippers who have dug their way out of the basement and they're now fourteen and ten in seventh. The Rockets are twelve and nine, Pelicans fourteen and eleven, and the Suns thirteen and eleven. So the West doesn't have a team with a losing record who currently is in the playoff picture current right now. The top ten teams, keep in mind, will be in the play in and play that can play their way into the playoffs, right? So but unlike the East, they don't have a team with a losing record that's in that picture right now. And so I kind of want to go down here. Like Timberwolves are, man, they're maintaining. And they're looking like they're going to be a problem in the West. The Nuggets. Uh, is Jamal Murray back or is he still hurt? Uh, No, he's back. He's back. I know they've suffered some injuries, which is always hard. That's why it's so hard for teams to repeat, right, as champions. Because of injuries and players leaving for free agency to make more money somewhere else and I think that the Nuggets have suffered some injuries this year I know Jamal Murray's been out for a while I'm not even sure if he's played a game yet this year I think he played a couple but he's not he's not been healthy this year yeah um, yeah it looks like he okay so he's back now Jamal Murray's back he's a, he's a game time decision right now but He's probably to play. Like he's a huge piece of their their puzzle, right? Him and and Jokovic work so well together, and everybody else feeds off those too. So you got to have him. You know, if you have any any chance to repeat, like you got to have Jamal Murray on the floor. He's one of their catalysts, and and, and you know the the Robin to the Joker's Batman, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think some of their problem is, has been injuries. The Denver, Denver Nuggets have been, not Denver Nuggets, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been lights out, man. They have been on it. And it's, they've, you know, Anthony Edwards has taken a step forward this year. He's good. Obviously, they had Cat already, Rudy Gobert. Um, those two have coexisted together very well with Gobert playing the center and Cat playing power forward. Honestly, Carl Anthony Towns can play power forward, but I think he's way more comfortable playing. Or Carl Anthony Towns can play center, but I think he's more comfortable playing power forward because he wants to stretch the floor. And I think it's but he's easier for him to stretch the floor as a power forward than a center. Um, he's averaging 21.6 points per game and 9.4 rebounds on 57.7% shooting with three assists. Um, so 
Towns is, is doing doing really well. You know, they got Gobert in there too, who's you know a defensive stopper, and they also have Nas Reed off the bench. So they actually are very very solid at center. Very solid at center. So you know he's averaging two point four blocks per game, and. 12.2 rebounds with 61% shooting and 13 points a game. You know, that's that's perfect for what the Timberwolves were looking for. And then, you know, they got Jaden McDaniels, Troy Brown Jr., Kyle Anderson. Like, they, they have a good mix of players. You know, Michael Conley. I, I think the Timberwolves are definitely... You know, they may be a threat to make it to the conference finals and give Denver a run for their money. Honestly. I think people it's time for people to stop taking the Timberwolves lightly and really start paying attention to them. The Thunder, 15-8. and eight. <laughs> Man, I watched a game the other day between them and the, uh, the Spurs. And... Um... You know, Shai Alexander, Gilgis Alexander is good. He's definitely one of the catalysts of that team. But uh, as I as I look at that team, so he he's averaging thirty one points per game, which is outstanding for him. Five rebounds and six point four assists as a shooting guard. He's really a combo guard, I think. But, man, you also got Chet Holmgren, who I watched a game with him when they played the Spurs to get back to that. Like him and Victor Wambayana, they were going at each other back and forth, man. It was exciting to watch. It was great to watch. And that was pretty awesome. Chet, Chet Holmgren was playing really well. He's averaging 16.9 points per game on eight rebounds per game, um, 2.4 blocks per game. You know, he's, he's at shooting a 58.8% clip. Like, he's, man, OKC, once again, another one of those teams that, you know, when they first moved to Oklahoma City, they had Kevin Durant. They inherited him from the Supersonics. Then they went out and drafted Russell Westbrook, you know, James Harden, um, you know, they, they assembled those Oklahoma City team that made a run to the finals and lost to the Miami Heat. And they kind of down for a little bit, and now they're back up again. They put together some more superstars. Like, they're they're really good at assembling really good teams and, and building the teams up from the inside out, you know, with a mix of a good mix of free agency and draft picks. And uh, OKC is, is right up in there in the mix, just like everybody else. You got the Dallas Mavericks with Luka and Kyrie when he's healthy. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., we watched a game the other day where he was going nuts, man. I think it was against the Lakers, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. They, first half, they, he had like 20 points in that first half. Yeah, the, it was, that game turned out to be close, and the, the Dallas Mavericks ended up winning by two. But, man, like they, they, got, a lot of, they got a great roster there, too, in, in Dallas. Dallas is tough. They're they're back. They'll be back in the playoffs this year, and they're going to be a tough out with Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kyrie Irving, uh, 
you know, they got Greg Brown, like they're Derek Jones Jr. They're they're stacked too, over there. They got Grant Williams from Boston, who's a good defensive player. You know, Dwight Powell. Uh, they're they're gonna be tough too. Like they're they're no slouches. Then you got the Kings, who just passed up the Lakers in the standings. You got the Lakers, who I like, but I'm not sold on how they built their team. I don't know if they're going to be competitive yet in the West. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, but you know, I this they're. It's been exciting so far, to say the least. Watching the Timberwolves rise, um, the Nuggets hanging on with the injuries they've had, the Thunder looking really good this year, the Mavericks back to looking good. Like I, the West playoffs are going to be tough and exciting. I think you're going to see a lot of series go the full number of games this year in the West for sure. You got the Suns out there lurking around. If they ever get healthy, um, I was interested in how that dynamic was going to work. But, I, I mean, I think they'll be just fine. They, they have some good players. I think they're going to figure it out. And once again, like, they're, they're playing well. Last thing I want to talk about here is... Draymond Green and once again dirty player doing dirty things and he hit Nurkic in the face during the Golden State Phoenix game and the NBA finally did the right thing and they suspended him indefinitely and he should stay suspended indefinitely quite honestly I thought they should have kicked him out of the NBA a long time ago He's a dirty player. He's known as a dirty player. Everybody knows he's a dirty player. They expect him to be a dirty player. He's the modern-day Bill Lambeer. Yeah, I said it. He's the modern-day Bill Lambeer. He's dirty. He takes cheap shots any chance he gets. Players don't like him because he's dirty. They should have done this a long time ago to him. And he should not be allowed back in the NBA. Draymond Green should be... Suspended permanently. Yeah, because every game, it's at least him getting ejected and later probably yep. suspended. Yep, he's a dirty player. Yeah. I mean, NBA should just ban him from from basketball because all, all, all he's doing is being a dirty player. Yep, I agree. I agree. He had an incident with LeBron in the finals. He's had he's had several run-ins with LeBron. He's had he's had run-ins with everybody, and then he had the earlier this year, same season, choking out Rudy Gobert, and they didn't do anything then, and they should have. They should have suspended him indefinitely then, because since they didn't do the right thing then, this is what you get now. He continues to make those dirty plays because you won't handle him appropriately. The NBA finally handed him, handled him appropriately and suspended him indefinitely. Yeah, I mean, it is about time. It's about time they did, they've done that. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Well, it's time to wrap the show up. Um, 
We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, please, 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 if you listen to our podcast, hit like and subscribe and follow us. If you watch us on YouTube, please, please hit the like button, subscribe, and follow us. We appreciate everybody who listens and comes back to listen every week. We thank you, and you guys have a good night, and we'll see you next time.